Welcome to another episode of the Mission Daily. I'm Chad Grills. I'm joined by Ian Faison. And today we're talking about the best of what we're watching. It's Friday. It's Friday and we have a new segment for you. It's the best. And it's from some of our experimenting and research in our newsletter. The best is a segment where we cover the best of what we're watching, reading, listening to, thinking about doing, dreaming, and it's been really popular. Yes. So in the past, we obviously talk a lot about different books and in the future, we're going to continue doing that. We're going to talk about books and topics and ideas and uh, share quotes and all the different things about one specific topic. And when we talk about the best, it's one of the things that we are watching. And so today we're going to talk about is the best of what we're watching and it's our favorite show on TV and it's Westworld. Yeah. No, I was... uh thinking it definitely is that my favorite show season two of Westworld is fantastic. The first season was great. Um, if you haven't seen it, spoiler alerts ahead, but we're just going to talk about specifically the four reasons why we love it so much. Yeah. And so spoilers ahead, definitely for sure. Um, I guess there's, what's the cutoff point in which we'll talk about stuff for this episode. We, we can, we can do this without having big spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We, we got this. So no big spoilers, but if you haven't seen all of season one, we'll, uh, we'll skate sh- on, we're just going to skate on the ice. It's going to be beautiful. We're not figure skaters, but it's still going to be good. I promise you. Yeah. But we're if you haven't, through. if you haven't seen season one, you got to go back through and, and see season one or you will fall through the ice. Agreed. So reason number one, why I love Westworld. Ian is probably laughing, rolling his eyes or a mixture of both. It's because it's it's created by Michael Crichton. It was created back in 1973. That is your favorite. He is, he is rolling his eyes. And everybody listening is like, oh, oh my God, you're talking about Michael Crichton again. Like, yes. So That's he, not all we talk about, but <laughs> it has obviously been a huge theme of the first And But he created this back in 1973. He secured the money to direct the movie himself. And he wrote a screenplay, produced it. And it was an idea that has not only stood the test of time, but in fact, it was so compelling that... The new creators, whom I also am obsessed with, they're fantastic. Uh, Lisa Joy and um, I almost said Christopher. It's not Christopher. Jonathan Nolan, Christopher Nolan's brother, are the two, the writing duo that revamped Westworld and really gave it a, a brand new spin that I think is genius. I agree with you there. And I think what's so cool about what they're doing with this is they're starting with something that and we don't we don't know how long it runs right yeah they're not sure yet but um I, i'm guessing just I mean, based on like it's gonna keep gonna, rolling because yeah, it's doing great for hbo yeah um but yeah they're starting with something in the first season that was showing this one place called westworld and layering in the details but they're built actually this is just going right into the second reason why we love westworld that's fine so we may as well go on so second reason that we love westworld is the world building and this is something that lost did pretty well and obviously that is definitely one of the forefathers of this uh game of thrones does ridiculously well george lost by jj abrams his production company actually is doing westworld is that bad robot yeah 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 yeah. and he's i think he's an ep for westworld as well i'm pretty sure very cool um but yeah so george r R. martin same sort of thing where in Game of Thrones, he wrote thousands of years of history. And when you can build a world that rich, you get to explore have, different things. And you have options and you can do fan fiction and offshoots and everything like that. And yeah, I'm generally really surprised at how well they were able to not just develop the Western type world, but set the stage so there's 
an unlimited number of future seasons and uh, yeah, fan fiction and stuff like that. There is an un- unlimited number. And like, I think right now they say that there's six parks. Right. Um, and these parks are microcosms of what's going on in the outside world. So you have no idea what this is. You don't know if uh, Westworld is off planet somewhere. Like there's there's no way to know. Or if it's entirely virtual. All of these things are open-ended questions. And I think that just from how it's shot and how beautiful it is and exploring these new worlds, I think it's just cool enough in and of itself that it just makes for compelling television. And it's just so well done from that perspective. But they have not even, I don't think, scratched the surface on all of the worlds that they're going to reveal to us. And when you can tell a story about a robot uprising that that leaves a ton of room for so many other types of interesting things, that's just a, a really cool achievement. Definitely. And we talked too about how the ease at which writers and creators can develop different worlds inside an existing world has to be a proxy for how long a season or series or show will be around. I think Westworld just does this in a really cool way, which brings us to the third reason why we love Westworld. So here's my reason. Violent delights have violent ends. <laughs> you can't, okay, I get what you're saying. You can't pick a quote for your uh, favorite reason why you love it. But so this quote, I'm paraphrasing Shakespeare here, is a line that, uh, it's not really a spoiler alert, but gets uttered and spoken between some of the uh, robots and it uh, lights a fire in their mind, kind of so, changes things. So Abernathy, the guy who says that quote, so in a previous life, I don't know if you remember this, in a previous uh, or program or whatever um, iteration, he's a English professor in Westworld. That's why he uses all these Shakespeare quotes is because in his programming, uh, they were oh, in a crazy. previous build. Yeah, it's so good. All right, we have to talk about in a future episode of the Mission Daily, we're covering Rupert Sheldrake and a couple other scientists and researchers because they have a theory about morphic resonance. And this is a much more human phenomena than we might like to suspect. Um, it, it doesn't get into like past lives and things like that, but it does get into there's some type of genetic memory that appears to be non-local. And they've actually demonstrated this in a number of different like trout studies. They demonstrated it with mice where mice that run a certain maze and do really well um, neighboring mice that are in, not in the local spatial area actually begin to perform the mazes much, much better. Um, but yeah, we'll cover this research in a future episode of Mission Daily because it's pretty pretty fascinating. Yeah. Another thing that we're going to cover in a future episode, which you've already, I don't know when that's slated for, but we're going to do the bicameral mind, which yes. is which was, I think, episode nine of season one. Yes. Um, and, and so that's another teaser. Specifically, but. how the breakdown of minds might facilitate the creation of new minds. And the one more thing I want to add about the Violent Delights quote, uh, I think it's really, really time to ex- to just talk more about the idea that violence doesn't come without trade-offs. So when we watch TV, the second you turn it on, you're typically going to see way more violence than you ever would um, nudity or sex or anything like that. And I think we have to start questioning how much violence is, you know, at what point does violence become horrible for us to see? At what point does it influence our uh, micro choices, our behavior. And so I think that's, it, it sparks uh, a lot of interesting questions in debate. So, you know, somebody who almost did not, or who almost stopped watching the episode or episode two? You. Stephanie. Oh. she's She was like, this is just too much violence and too much rape and too much all of that. Sure. And when it was, when we were talking about that, um, that's actually yesterday, she was saying that 
she was like really concerned because she's like, I this is not this is not entertaining and this is just kind of horrible. But you realize why the showrunners did that is because they had to set the stage for all of them to remember all of these horrible, horrible things that are happening to set up the violent delights have violent ends. Yeah. And it's um definitely, yeah, not not pleasant to see a lot of this. And there definitely is a point in a lot of these shows where it just becomes gratuitous and it's not helpful. So if you're a fan of stories and writing, you've probably heard of Robert McKee, who wrote a great book called Story. And one of the things that he really hammers on the table in that book about is that the best stories, you can basically reduce the amount of violence. And so the better the storytelling, the writing, the dialogue development becomes, the less you need those things to capture attention. Pretty interesting point. Yeah, that is. So what is the finale reason (laughs) that we love Westworld. What's that fourth one? Uh, So number four is exploring the idea of free will. Yes, free will versus determinism. It's a a debate that rages all over the Twitter sphere and uh, online. So Yeah, and I think that what what is so fascinating about specifically the two character arcs of Maeve and Dolores is that is free will driving their decisions? They remember all of the bad stuff that has happened to them as... You know, as robots, they know that they're robots, they're self-aware, but are they programmed right now to do the things that they're doing to, for Maeve, it's like seek her daughter and like seek love. And for Dolores, it is seek violence. Like, are they programmed to do that? Or is this a decision that they're making? And that, that is just fascinating. It is. And I think questioning, like at what point do certain decisions or decision trees become inevitable when there's a certain amount of baggage from our past history or our life or, or whatever the case is. Um, I think that just the phenomena of revenge versus, um, you know, peacefully trying to make your way in the world is really interesting because there's plenty of case studies that happen in examples where people will go through a horrible childhood, say, and they come out of it uh, and they're a murderer. They're horrible. And then there are other people that go through something. It's definitely not the same because, there are no two events that are exactly perfectly similar, especially in the lives of two different people. Uh, but you get the idea. There are other people that go through that and are very loving afterwards and they become more loving. So it's uh, it's a question that we need to, I think as a society, explore a little bit deeper. And we're talking about this because we were watching a TV show. Like yeah. that is the cool part, right? That it spurs these kind of debates. And I think, let me do a, I'll do a, uh, this is a bonus one that I think is just so cool. Is, this is one of my predictions for the show. I think that one of the animals in, or maybe they already are, is going to have like a human mind put into it at some point in time, whatever type of animal that is. And I think that that gets to the idea, one of the ideas that's so so interesting amongst like what is like, what is cognitive reality? What is like how, like, are the people robots or not? And you see them messing with this all the time with the humans of like, well, those are robots and those aren't. But if it's animals, does that, if it was an animal with a human mind, it doesn't look like a human. And you know, if the, if the Buffalo started talking to someone, what does that mean? What does it mean if that person can, can't be killed, can be killed? Like these are just really fascinating topics that, you know, like I love Toasty the dog. If, if Toasty, if Toasty started talking to us tomorrow, what would that mean? What like what would that mean for us? Oh, definitely. I mean, there's researchers that are developing a prosthesis that supposedly is going to allow dogs to communicate a little bit more. So, I mean, that's 
yeah, it's we got to start thinking about it. And the fun thing is these type of shows or media or story that's that's really good sparks dialogue and it's fun. Yeah, you it, think it a little bit deeper. Yeah, sometimes it's it's a little it's a little bit of a bummer with some of the stuff where you're like, man, that that's kind of a tough watch sometimes. But like, that's all right. Sometimes shows are like that. They are, and I would be fascinated too. I I want to hear more about the inspirations for the show from Lisa and Jonathan. So that's one of the, the questions that I have not heard asked. And I don't think that it will be answered to the extent at which it needs to be answered in a public setting. So I hope that somebody gets them on a podcast like this one and then goes that really, in- really deep and teases this out because there are yeah, I've, I've got my guesses, but I want to ask in person. And just based off the fact that we're in media and we know some of the sausage making that goes into these episodes, watching the after show or the little after segments of how they built certain things is so freaking interesting. It is. So that brings us to the end of this segment, which we call The Best. You can find it in our newsletter at themission.co slash subscribe or you can just stay tuned to this podcast, tap subscribe, leave a rating and review, and we'll cover the best of what we're watching, listening, reading, doing, dreaming, all that good stuff. Every now and then. Every I, now and then. But not dreaming. I mean, like maybe dreams, like maybe <laughs> like aspirational. About, I wanted to talk about lucid dreaming. Why don't you? Oh, lucid dreaming. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> if you start telling us our, our dreams, our listeners are going to tune out or tune in. So- So call in with your dreams and your questions. No, I'm just kidding. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time on the Mission Daily. Hey listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time.